Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Gordon, foreman. Gordon as a foreman. Gordon as a foreman in Jordan with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan with boredom in Jordan with an angry Gordon in Nadalorian. Khaleesi's Dragon Drogon. Foreman Jordan with boredom with Gordon and Jordan with Jordan's Golden Dragon Drogon with Foreman Gordon's and Golden Jordan's. Oh, Podcast listeners, this is for you. Yeah, we're not taking off Thanksgiving week. Welcome to No Dunks. I'm Taz Mellis. With me is the bearded one. Rocket a Bulls hat. It's Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. And the man making the magic happen today. It's not JD. It's JC. Jerome, what's oh, up? Baby. It's not JC Chazé. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad somebody appreciated that. I know Trey did, too. Uh, no skeets today. He is under the weather. Although... Skeets was a part of an Is This Good recording. Voice sounds strong on that one. He did sound strong. When did we record that? Nobody <laughs> knows. But we recorded an Is This Good about Thanksgiving and everything around Thanksgiving uh, with Matty O. So you can go check that out in its own feed on YouTube or your podcast platforms. That was a fun conversation. Topics such as turkey being the main protein. Mm. <laughs> All the sides talk, of course. And I'm still laughing about Maddie's blueprint for assigning seats. <laughs> he, was, he was talking about the the big conversations or, or the, the big conversers, I guess, the people who are, are running the show should be at each end of the table. It was, it was almost like they were at a – like it was a car wash. Like they should be spewing the most liquid out and then everybody else will, you know, find their sort of nozzly way through the conversation. Yeah, he's basically saying – you need to make sure to split up your interesting friends and your complete dud friends and family <laughs> members. It's like those people that you're super close to that nobody likes talking to. Sit them together and put some some uh, conversation nozzles at the end of the table. Uh, I saw somebody tweet at me today uh, that the show really picks up when we start talking about slabs of pie. <laughs> yeah, some good moments in there for sure. Yeah, I stand by that. I got a slab of pie from Costco. Big slabber. Anyway, uh, whether you are listening to the podcast afterward, you're part of the stream team right now on YouTube. Thank you so much. We've got fun topics coming at you. Make sure you chime in. We even got a little hot takey in this one. Yeah, we can do that too. (laughs) Uh, And we do that all in an edition of What You Got. What you got? What you got? What you got? Yeah, let's play that What You Got. With them keys. Yeah, we've got some good topics today, starting with backcourt talk. The Cavs had a convincing win over another young and -and up-and-coming team in the Hawks on Monday. The double-digit win was convincing. It was the Cavs' third win in a row, but they're not as hot as the Indiana Pacers. (laughs) Excuse me, the Indiana Pacers? Yeah, they took care of the Magic, giving them five consecutive wins. So, three teams involved here. The Cavs, Hawks, and Pacers 
are within a game of one another in the standings, which is weird. They're all towards the top and all have incredible young backcourts. So that leads to the question, Trey. It's a bit hot takey, <laughs> and I like it. What you got, Trey? Better backcourt. The Cavs, the Hawks, or the Pacers? Excuse me? Yes. The Indiana Pacers? I actually got three rankings for you, Tess. Okay. Our right it. now rankings, I'm going Cavs, Hawks, Pacers. Uh-huh. End of the season, I'm going Hawks, Cavs, Pacers. Five years, though. I'm going Pacers, and then it doesn't matter after that because this has been some incredible stuff from the Pacers. I think we'll talk a lot more about the Cavs-Hawks actual game, but got to give some shine to what the Pacers have been doing. 7-1 in November. You mentioned five straight wins right now. They're fourth in the Eastern Conference. They're seventh in offense, and it's largely due to their backcourt. Tyrese Halliburton has been awesome. 20-10, and he's averaging this season, leading the league in assists. He's basically... At 50-40-90, it'll be very disappointing if he ends the season with his shooting splits now. 49-39-86. He won't get included on all those boards that you'll have to see during a game, which is too bad. And then Ben Matherin, first in points off the bench, first in points as a rookie, first in three-pointers as a rookie. You can even throw TJ McConnell into the mix if you're feeling real frisky, Tash. 19 points, 10 assists, 3 steals, 7 of 8 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3 last night. That's quite the three-man guard rotation uh, that the Pacers have. They look like an offensive fire, firepower, powerhouse. They look well, like an offensive you're going powerhouse with the fire right hose. now. You're combining a couple firehose. <laughs> yeah. Powerhouse, powerhouse, powerhouse. Yeah, they are a powerhouse <laughs> with the fire hose. And Tyrese Halliburton <laughs> is the man holding the hose. Sounds weird to say it like that, but he is the straw that stirs the drink. He's yeah. the head of the snake, yeah. and he's the man holding the hose. He is in control of the game completely. He His three-point shot, it's a strange release, but he gets it off so quickly that it's still such a threat for him. And then he has such great vision to create getting in the lane and finding usually Ben Matherin for wide-open threes. He had quite a few last night uh, against the Magic. So super impressive win for the Pacers. The run they're on right now, 7-1 and one in the month of November, had a slow start, but they've really figured things out, and their offense looks legit. I know you wanted to include the Pacers in this conversation about the best backcourts. And I'm glad we're starting with them because at first I questioned it. Wow, Halliburton and Matherin, and you're throwing McConnell in there as, as, <laughs> as the fire hoser. Uh, I, I questioned it at first, but now thinking about it, what Benedict Matherin has done to start his career 16 games in, you mentioned all the stats. And then I think to, to throw in another stat, the free throws that he's getting to the line six times a game for a rook off the bench. Come on. Six times a game in just 27 minutes just to start your career. That's that's star stuff right there. If he's getting to the line eight, nine times a game a little bit later on. And the Halliburton, uh, this could be your uh, – so you believe in five years from now. I, I can't go that far. I, I, I would take the Cavs, but I'm starting to buy it. For sure. And uh, even the McConnell part about it, he is the one of those guys that, even though we talk about every single basketball player in the game, I think he still goes underrated every single Definitely. season. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I, I saw somebody mention, hey, Lakers, give the Pacers a call for TJ McConnell. Yeah. Um, he would help anybody. Uh, so I, I, I am liking your, your rankings. I would still go Cavs right now and forever because uh, I think they're just a tiny bit better in every single category. I think Donovan Mitchell is the better playoff performer of all of them. I know people can say Trey Young, but I'm definitely a little bit worried about Trey's percentages in the paint and what happens to him in the playoffs, how he gets pushed out uh, by good defenses. 
it's just that the numbers aren't good in, in, when he gets inside. And he did have a run where he went to the conference finals. But I, I still believe in the Donovan Mitchell superstardom and, and his ability to get into the lane. And I go back to the bubble, the 36 per he had against Denver. Then the next season, I think he was like 33 per when they went to the second round. I'm buying that. And I think Garland is sort of a better playmaker than DeJounte Murray or even a little bit better than Tyrese Halliburton. But Halliburton uh, can be up there as a, as a young guy who's only going to get better. I, I, I like in those guys Garland and Halliburton because they don't take bad shots. Mm-hmm. And, like, Halliburton's percentages are absolutely ridiculous. And I think Darius Garland just works so well with Donovan Mitchell. I think I, I, why I would take the Cavs, too, is that the Hawks are trying to be the Cavs to me. I think they went to got, went and got DeJounte Murray to compliment uh, Trey Young. And they're looking at Trey John Collins because they're trying to get better defensively, exactly what the Cavs are in their front court. So... Uh, yeah, I like I like a young Garland who's only 22, way younger than Dejounte Murray. Um, but the the Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, uh, Ben I, Math, I ain't Matt. Yeah, Ben Math. <laughs> <laughs> I hope a he name. remains a two name guy. I know you you called him you called him Ben Matherin. I'm hearing a lot of Matherins out there, but the name is so good. All the syllables, Benedict Matherin, six syllables. <laughs> uh, I hope he sticks with it. Uh, I, I love it. But, I, you know, also the, just the Hawks and how they've gone up against the Celtics and now the Cavs and lost. To me, they kind of feel like last year's Bulls, who were beating, like, mediocre teams and below but couldn't beat the good teams, unlike the Bulls that we'll get to this year that just beat the good teams, <laughs> which, do, which yeah. is really weird. The Hawks just aren't on the level of really good teams to me, and that's the worrisome part of – this too, some, but anyways, uh, to be determined. I mean, the 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 Hawks did beat the Bucks twice, the Sixers and the Raptors yeah. within the past couple of weeks. I just think Dejounte Murray of, of like the six backcourt players we're talking about right here. Dejounte Murray is the only one who really had a dud last night. Like Trey Young had a, a productive night at the very least. Garland and Mitchell were awesome for the Cavs, but it is definitely the front court that the Cavs had an advantage on. Compared to the Hawks, you see how many assists that Mitchell and Garland were able to stack up just in the fourth quarter alone. I think uh, four assists for Mitchell in the fourth quarter, five for Garland. They were finding Evan Mobley underneath the hoop quite a bit. Jared Allen is a better offensive player than Clint Capella is. And the Cavs, their finishing kick last night was the fact that they were just able to start forcing a ton of turnovers uh, against the Hawks. So, yeah, I do think uh, I do think the Cavs are certainly a better backcourt right now. But I think Trey's percentages have to improve they're just going to get better uh as the season goes on and I think there's probably a little bit more of figuring out where to be on the court together with him and DeJounte Murray uh compared to Mitchell and Garland because Mitchell and Garland have each played alongside like high usage guys and Trey's kind of learning that for the first time right now so I don't know I, I encourage I think like a better than we're giving them credit for start to the season for the Hawks yeah. whereas the Cavs I wonder if they're going to be a streaky team the entire year they won eight straight they lost five straight. Now they're back on a three-game winning streak. Maybe they're just one of these teams who's going to go one way or the other the entire time. We'll see. That's fair. And Trey's percentages, uh, I think the Hawks hope to get them better by trading somebody who can shoot the three at the four spot. I think when they trade John Collins, which seems inevitable. I, I know it's happened every <laughs> single year. But both DeJounte Murray and John Collins, you, you don't necessarily respect them a ton at the three-point line, as good of players as they are. So I, I think they want to – they want to get Trey more room in the paint. My worry is what happens. What happened last year with the Miami Heat, where they were just able to push him out, and essentially he was, he kind of became a non-factor in that series. Happens again, and the percentages this year when he gets into the paint just are bad. 
So they need spacers, and I think they're trying to build around Trey Young to make him the best weapon uh, possible. You mentioned uh, all those assists that were happening on the Cavs floor. Uh, one thing that Donovan Mitchell actually took away from Evan Mobley was a rebound. This is a really weird clip. Uh, it was just it was a double double that Evan Mobley was about to attain. That's it. Like he had nine rebounds, <laughs> yep. and then. I think we got the clip where uh, Donovan Mitchell just goes and steals a rebound from Evan Mobley, and everybody's everybody's talk. It looks like a triple double clip where a guy doesn't get a triple double, right? And everybody is looking at Donovan Mitchell, saying, "What are you doing? Why did you take that rebound?" And Donovan Mitchell looks like he is so apologetic. Apparently, he was in the locker room like half an hour later, saying, "I'm sorry, I took that rebound from you, but it wasn't a triple double rebound." Like, like he's doing the home alone thing that we were doing at the Hawks game. Like, I can't believe I took that rebound from you, but it was just a double double rebound. It was strange. Yeah, I was like, was this gonna be the first double double of the season for Evan Mobley? No, it's just a double. That's just good teammate stuff right there. He's like, yeah. I'm sorry, man. I'd rather say sorry when I don't really have to, than not say it when I do. <laughs> yeah, leadership. That is leadership. And yeah, and I think Mitchell is showing that he's gelling. I think that might be another reason people would take the Hawks. Because they don't believe in Donovan Mitchell just sort of leading and gelling. But he's been doing that very well. All right, next, what you got? Before Monday night, the hottest team was the Celtics, having won nine in a row. But then they ran into the Bulls, who had lost four in a row. The Bulls shellacked the Celtics. It was 21 at one point. Their lead was, uh, was an easy win. Uh, surprisingly. <laughs> easy win, yeah. uh, on the West Coast, also surprising the Clippers without an injured Paul George. And with a limited Kawhi, beat the West number one seeded Utah Jazz. Yes. So what you got, Trey? More surprising win: the Bulls beating the Celtics, or the Clippers beating the Jazz. I guess it's probably the Bulls when you really look at it. But for whatever reason, if the Bulls could play the Celtics every night, they'd have a chance to go to the NBA <laughs> Finals. Two and one so far, and for whatever reason. The Celtics see Chicago on the uniforms, and they're not giving their full effort. They came out first quarter, took 22 shots, and 17 of them were threes. And that was kind of the way it was for the Celtics. Like, they were playing. Sometimes they were playing hard, but they weren't necessarily playing their smartest basketball to put the Bulls in adverse situations. Patrick Williams had a surprisingly great game. Mm -hmm. He was really aggressive. He was pushing the pace alongside Io. Season-high 17 for Patrick Williams. He had two beautiful mid-range jumpers over Jason Tatum that people were oohing and on over. And both of them looked to me like he actually lost the ball, but it went to, like, the absolute perfect place to get a wide-open jumper. Zach Levine had some pop, I thought, in this one. His uh, his athleticism has kind of been up and down, I think, so far this season, recovering from injury. He was obviously benched uh, at the end of the Bulls' previous loss against the Magic, but he was playing with effort, and I think he, you know, after kind of calling out Billy Donovan, he did what he was supposed to do, playing hard and playing smart and playing well. But the thing I'm most surprised with regards to the Clippers – they're 9-3 and three over their last 12. They had a very slow start to the season. They're clamping on defense. They got clamps <laughs> everywhere right now, but the offense is still a work in progress. The surprising thing about the win last night is that they won without actually hitting a ton of three-pointers. Like, that's the way the Clippers' offense looks the best, is when they're knocking down a bunch of threes. The driving kick game is there. This one was more just their guards playing incredibly well. Reggie Jackson had a great game. Norm Powell had a great game. And you could kind of see how much the Jazz were missing Mike Conley, I thought, just because they didn't have, like, their defensive guard out there to kind of take that responsibility. Sexton and Jordan Clarkson aren't going to be locking anybody down. So a game of runs uh, in Clippers-Jazz. Both teams had, like, 20-2 to or 20-5 to runs, something like that. 
Nice win, though, uh, for the Clips to be able to pull that off with no Paul George. And Kawhi, you know, he was back, but kind of the same as he's been all season, just mid. Yeah, the Clippers quietly doing, uh, kawaii haha, uh, doing what they should be doing, as you said. This is what they do, though. Somebody goes out, uh, and their depth comes up to to play, and like you said, uh, Paul George out in this one, Kawhi just half a guy. The, the, also, their stars just tend to go in and out of the lineup. It's 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 easy to, to think back the last couple of years, Kawhi is in, Paul George is in. Oh, Paul George is in, Kawhi is out. Just to think on, uh, about those teams over and over and over again. That's what happens with this Clippers team. But what wasn't happening earlier this season was the depth stepping up. And finally, like you mentioned, uh, Norm Powell dropping those 30 off the bench. That's the Norman Powell that they wanted, that they went and got. And, and I think he can be that spark plug for them. Uh, he He's shown he's been able to do that with Kawhi as a champ in Toronto. And Reggie Jackson coming around at yeah, his 27-point night. I think the more Nick Batum plays, uh, the more they win. He is just uh, one of those glue guys that is uh, monstrous in length and is able to uh, to keep this team together. So, yeah, very, very – it's a Clippers-like win. Yeah, one guy goes down, the other guy uh, is in there, and uh, they get the dub. Great point about Mike Conley. Not only their defensive guard, but just giving the ball away. Uh, yeah. they, they gave it a, a, away a ton in the first quarter. And that's the worrisome part about this number one-seeded Utah Jazz is uh, Conley going down, and you've got to just maintain all these these players playing well. Conley is able to get them the ball and uh, to play defense and just to have no drop off in in the guard position. So yeah, Sexton comes into the starting lineup and Conley just doesn't care about ever, ever care about shooting. He just wants to get everybody the ball. So that's the worrisome part for the, the Utah jazz, but I don't think the Celtics have to worry about absolutely anything. They had won nine in a row. They're freaking great, but I as guess, long as they don't run into teams from the Midwest, they should be fine. Two losses to the Bulls, two losses to the Cavs, and that's it for Boston right now. Wow! Stay is... out of the Midwest, boys. <laughs> uh, well, well, with the Celtics' loss, uh, the Sacramento Kings have the longest winning streak in the National Basketball Association. And if you haven't seen Trey's weird eyes shoot out beams on our social media <laughs> accounts, uh, take a look. But also, here's a little taste. Light the beam. <laughs> yeah, let's run that back one more time. Lights the beam. Yeah, well, we were planning on looping this, uh, so it worked out because uh, there's our there's our loop right there. So yeah, go check that out on the social media accounts because we yeah you you just gave a little bit of love to the beam lighters in Sacramento. Uh, six in a row. They've got the longest win streak in the National Basketball Association. It's probably going to be good for hits. Yeah, they better win tonight, though, or else we're going to have to retire that clip right away. Like, we'll never be able to use it again. If they go on a six-game win streak, we drop a light the beam coming out of my face, and then they lose, I'll never be able to set foot in Sacramento again. (laughs) But I do like – I love the beam that Sacramento has. I think it is better than what the Clippers did last night. Norm Powell, we talked about, had a great game, 30 points, 10 of 15 from the field. Prior to that, he had a 26-point game, 10 of 16 as well. After the game, they gave him the big moment fella belt. The big moment fella? The big moment fella belt. It's like, <laughs> it's a championship belt. <laughs> and it's called the big moment fella because he's doing all he can to help this team win the game. Okay. Which, I mean, <laughs> I do like the message. Yeah. 
but that just seems very straightforward to me. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, this guy did very well. That would be another name for uh, a celebration somebody had could have. The big moment. Did very well belt. <laughs> <laughs> Played good belt. A hilarious name. Uh, but I do think that these like bonding things help teams. We had the Cavs getting fired up for their junkyard dog belt. That started last year, right? Yeah. Uh, they even gave it to J.B. Bickerstaff, I think, earlier this season. <laughs> we got the beam in Sacramento. You got the big moment fella belt. If you don't have a team-based celebration right now, you're losing up. Yeah. You're falling I'm, behind. I'm with you. You know, Dwayne Casey's done the pound the rock thing. Sure. Uh, I'm with it. I'm with it. Why the heck not? Big moment, fella. Yeah. It could just be a belt, right? Like, it doesn't need to (laughs) say. Yeah. Player of the game belt. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the belt. Here's the belt. It's like giving the guy the game ball. But uh, the big moment, fella, belt. It doesn't roll off the tongue. But I can see see Norm Powell walking around saying, oh, yeah. uh, Championship belt. Very cool to bring in. I'm the fella. I'm the big moment, (laughs) fella. I'm the fella. Yeah. Tonight's fella. Anyway. All right. (laughs) Next one. Next up on Monday. No ladders on the court in Milwaukee, and Yanis Didacumpo took advantage. He did what he wanted to the shorthanded Blazers. 37 points on 16 of 24 shooting. Seven boards, six assists, two steals in a Bucks win. And in OKC, the Knicks' Jalen Brunson also had a ridiculously efficient win to bring the Knicks back to 500. Brunson had 34 points on 14 of 20 shooting to go along with nine assists and a steal. So, Trey, what you got? Better line, Yanis or Brunson? I mean, I got to go Giannis. I do think Brunson's line was awesome, and I love that he started the game going 13 of 13 from two-point range, finally missed in the last three minutes of the fourth quarter. But he was hitting some incredibly tough shots, and, I mean, 13 for 13. It's hard to score that many points uh, when you're just taking twos. But I basically just felt bad for the Portland Trailblazers that they had to face Giannis after Laddergate. You knew he was going to have a big game. He came out and had a big game. Plus, Drew Holiday was there scoring 13 of his 17th in the fourth. uh, 13 of his 17 points, sorry, uh, in the fourth quarter. The big number to me, though, in this one is that Milwaukee had 31 assists. And I think a lot of that is Drew Holiday being back and helping to organize things. Giannis getting a lot easier buckets rather than having to create everything for himself. They also got Pat Connaughton back. He had an okay game uh, in his return. And Chris Middleton and Wes Matthews are both scrimmaging in the G, G League right now. So the Bucks have not been very good on offense. They're in the bottom 10 of the league, but they're still 12-4. and four. Giannis is putting up MVP numbers every night. You know the defense is good. It's just a matter of time before their offense really starts cooking now that they're getting their guys back. So if they're able to keep bumping up those assist numbers, getting easy buckets, this team... Is going to be scary like they have been for the past five seasons. Yeah, Chris Middleton hasn't played a freaking game, and he's playing with the herd, as he said, the Wisconsin the herd. herd. You heard? Uh, he'll be back you know, imminently, it seems like. Uh, and it's really weird because the Milwaukee Bucks are 21st in offense. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very strange because they don't have a creator. They're trying Grayson Allen out on the perimeter. Pat Connaughton definitely helps. Drew Holiday has been out, but he's back. Uh, it's something that they don't have to worry about being the best defense in the league and Chris Middleton coming back, they should be totally 100% all right. And I don't think it should be a worry that even though Yanis had that line, he shot 5 of 12 from the free throw line. So three games in a row, 5 of 12, 4 of 15, and 4 of 11 uh, in those three games. First time in his 10-year career that he's had three consecutive games in which he's attempted 10 or more free throws and missed more than half. Uh, you know, a bit of a cherry picker, but you know, bad. He's bad. on a bad run right now. He's on a sure. bad run. It's really really finding something wrong with the best player in the league to look <laughs> yeah. at that he'll be totally fine because last year he improved he, he 
shortened the uh, the free throw routine. He got a little bit quicker. Just you know, one dribble after the practice yep. uh, routine instead of the 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 monster. You know, the the whole demonstrative like ten second thing. He changed it. He got better. And this year, it's just weird to see him down bad. But he will be entirely fine. And uh, the Bucks will be entirely fine. I did like how the Knicks they finished a three and two road trip, which is fantastic going out west for them. And in the fourth quarter, they played Obi Toppin and Julius Randle together again at the four five small lineup, but obviously uh, difficult to guard because Obi Toppin will space it out more than a Mitchell Robinson who got hurt again, or a Jericho Sims, or an Isaiah Hartenstein. And I say it was good for them because usually Tibbs only goes to that when they're down bad themselves when they're desperate when they're down a couple like double digits that's it, happened twice in the last couple of weeks where they've been down they said oh we need three points shooting we need julius randall to free up and it's worked but tibbs did it in a game where he didn't have to this time so i'm i'm excited about that and the prospects of uh yeah jalen brunson man just stay in two-point land uh <laughs> hey. don't shoot threes 13 of 14 from two one of six from three wow that's all good uh, i thought this was an impressive win for the knicks especially considering how disappointing the loss was to the Thunder when the Thunder played in Madison Square Garden, scored yeah. 79 uh, in the first half. But in this game, it was kind of the Knicks just taking turns, having good games. Brunson was the star with 34, but 25 each for Randall and Barrett, and they all kind of had their own quarter when they were playing really well. It was the third quarter for Brunson. Randall started hot. Just a little bit of balance. They got 18 off the bench from Quickly as well, so... Being a balanced team and getting the ball moving, uh, I think, is super beneficial uh, hmm. to to the Knicks. And certainly, they look better offensively when they're not playing their big guys. Unfortunately, they spent a lot of money on big guys mm-hmm. <laughs> in the past yeah. couple of years. Uh, but, I don't know, at least it feels like Tibbs is starting to realize that maybe his best lineups are based around their athletic dudes in the front court. That's a good point. Yeah, and Mitchell Robinson came back from injury and then left this game with injury an injury, which is uh, you know troublesome for him. And they have paid a lot for him, as you said, but they have guys that can fill in in Obi Toppin and then the Athletic Jericho Sims. So uh, the Knicks uh, looking all right, especially with R.J. Barrett. Come on, R.J. Having such a good game, ten of sixteen. He's been struggling. I mentioned Trey Young's stats earlier in the paint. Uh, his percentage so low for a guard. That's where R.J. Barrett is supposed to thrive. He's supposed to get to the rim and score, but he has had a tough season so far. So hopefully he can come out of it. But 9-9, nine and 3-2 nine, and two road trip. They're 5-6 and six away from the garden. Uh, that's pretty solid. When you when you look, you know, zoom out, that's not bad, uh, even though they're sort of a mediocre team. Okay, last, what you got? A couple very shorthanded teams lost on Monday. The Heat dressed only eight players in a very hard-fought loss to the Timberwolves and the Warriors sat Curry, Clay, Dre, and Wiggins in a loss to the Pelicans. So, Trey, what you got? More random roster, the Heat, (laughs) (laughs) or the Warriors? Um, I think I got to go Heat because, uh, you know, the bench rotation guys for the Golden State Warriors, most of them have been around at least a little bit at this point. Uh, Jamichael Green, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, you know, like Kaminga's been there for a couple of years uh, at this point, but the Heat have one of the two most random players I've seen this season. Number one, Jeff Downton Jr. from the Raptors. That's okay. the most random guy I've seen so far this year. Number two, though, Jamal Kane from Miami. I was like, what? We got Jamal Kane running around out here. Uh, Nikola Jovic got the start in this one. He didn't have a very good game, but I've seen some Tony Kukoc flashes mm. from him uh, early one. in this season. 
But that was an uninspiring win, I would say, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. They got booed in the first half at home. Came back in the third quarter thanks to a big quarter uh, from Anthony Edwards. They got seven threes from Edwards and McDaniels combined. Carl Anthony Towns had a pretty solid game, 25 points, 8 of 15 from the field, 9 assists. But the weirdest game's got to go to Rudy Gobert. Zero for zero from the field in this yeah. game, but knocked down four clutch free throws uh, to ice things for the Timberwolves. So uh, I think good stuff for Minnesota to get that win last night because we would have been talking about them for a super disappointing loss if they weren't able to hold things down. Yes, and you said they got booed at home. I thought it was the third quarter they got booed. Maybe they got booed more than once, which wouldn't be surprising because uh, – Yeah, they were down at half of them. Yeah, yeah, so they came out in the third quarter and they had that monstrous run. Fine. They got after it, but they're getting booed because there's eight guys on the other side and the eight guys running them up and down the floor in the first quarter with fast break points and then getting offensive rebound after offensive rebound. I think it was after one play where they gave up a couple offensive rebounds that the Minnesota faithful were booing uh, because you know, Caleb Martin was just running around grabbing boards and it was those those offensive boards that hit the ground and still are grabbed by the offensive team. So. I understand. I know Rudy Gobert and Anthony Edwards said, said after the game uh, about the boos. Rudy Gobert said, "Just stay home." Essentially, like I don't like <laughs> I don't like fans who boo. And Anthony Edwards says, "We're giving it our all out there. We're doing everything we can." You wouldn't give up boards like that if you're doing everything you could. I I, I understand sometimes teams have off nights and they had an off first half and came back and fought hard and they won and that's all that really matters in the end but a very uninspiring win i'm totally with you the anthony edwards experience was was fun in this one he turned it on the third quarter but as you said you have a center in rudy gobert who didn't get a free uh, didn't get a field goal attempt he went to the line four times but i bring up anthony edwards and rudy gobert because they don't they don't pass each other the ball there's the stat out there where (laughs) it's there's a roll man there's a pick man (laughs) uh the guy the guy who's who's navigating that pick and roll. It's usually Anthony Edwards or it's D'Angelo Russell. And it's surprising that Rudy Gobert hasn't been dominating, especially against uh, a Miami team that yeah, didn't have their guys out there. You said a lot in there. You said the Jovic Kukoc comparison. That's good. I guess I watched him out there. I didn't know, I, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a mid ranger, find my shot, you know, crossover type guy. Kukoc is good. Uh, is, is a good comparison there. So I thought, uh, the most random name he brought out a cane that was good. <laughs> uh, Haywood Highsmith is another. <laughs> that's a one. good one. That's a good one. I know he played last year, but still, that's still pretty weird. Uh, great names there, and then yeah, the Warriors got shellac because they played the young guys, so not not surprising. But I guess yeah, forty-five point win for the Pelicans. That's the biggest <laughs> win so far this season. Brandon Ingram had thirty-four, and it looked pretty easy for him. Like he scored every way imaginable. The other thing that stuck out to this game. Uh, to me is Jonathan Kaminga had a couple of crazy highlights in this one. He did not have a very good game at all, but the flashes were awesome, blocking Zion at the rim. And then he had uh, this one dunk where he hits his head on the backboard as he's dunking. The problem, though, is the Warriors turned the ball over 28 times. Hard to win a game when you turn the ball over 28 times. That's an incredible number. Mm Mm-hmm. That's got to be a season high, I imagine. That's yeah. I I, I only researched the uh, the margin of victory, but twenty eight turnovers has to be the most so far this season. But no surprise because the Warriors didn't play Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins. They also didn't play the last time the Warriors were in New Orleans, New Orleans yeah. because it was the second night of a back to back. Steph Curry hasn't played a game in New Orleans with more than four thousand fans since twenty nineteen, October twenty nineteen. That's a problem. Mm. 
you shouldn't schedule the same team on the second night of a back-to-back both times they visit an yeah. opponent's uh, yeah. an opponent's arena. Like, it's an understandable rest game for the Warriors. But if you're a Pelicans fan, you want to see Steph Curry at least one of the times he comes mm-hmm. to New Orleans. So that's a disappointment, I would have to say. Yeah, it's a very good point. It is disappointing. And I'm sure there'll be people yelling at me because I said the Warriors were a winner of the weekend after a couple – to some people, easy wins in the Knicks and the Rockets. But they started to look better, and then in the second night of a back-to-back, yeah, they, they sit everybody, uh, essentially. So uh, there are two games under five hundred, uh, which is unwarriors like but we'll keep tabs on that, and uh, we'll get you in touch with the NBA scheduler, I think. Trey, you, <laughs> yeah, you got it. That's a, that's a good point. I, I, I did see you know, people commenting. Imagine you're a ticket buyer, and you said, well, I, I, finally, I'm going to see Steph. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't happen, especially with uh, very reasonably priced tickets in New Orleans as well. One of the few arenas you can go see a game for cheap. Okay, I'm seeing 26 turnovers. I saw 28 before. Nonetheless, 26 turnovers does tie the record for most turnovers in a game so far this season. The previous team that had 26 turnovers was the Houston Rockets against the New Orleans Pelicans. Hmm. <laughs> These boys are forcing turnovers in the Smoothie King Center. <laughs> All right, we got a turnover into the next segment. Uh, we'll be back uh, with some news. <laughs> nice one. Sure. Uh, <laughs> nice one. Uh, we'll be back with some news from around the NBA, including Joel Embiid's injury, Kate Cunningham's injury. Plus, we'll get to the players of the week. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, you are back uh, with No Dunks. Talked a little what you got. We've got another segment for you. It's time for a little Is This News. Let us bounce around the association, try and cover some teams here. First one, The Athletic reports that Joel Embiid will miss two games with a foot sprain. This is an undermanned Philadelphia 76ers team, Trey. He won't be playing Ben Simmons in his return to Philly tonight. Very disappointing stuff. So, Trey, is Embiid's injury news? I think it's news. It's certainly news because he's missing the Ben Simmons return game tonight, which is, to me, the biggest bummer uh, from the entire report is that, you know, this is a game that's been on the schedule since uh, the Simmons for Harden trade last season. Yeah. Ben Simmons, we'll talk about how he's expected to get booed tonight, which he certainly will. Mm. And it's just too mm. bad that he won't be there to see the two big pieces of the process go head to head for the first time. So that's a bummer. 
Um, but man, the six the Sixers need to be hoping that this is only two games for Joel Embiid because right now they'll have no Embiid, no Harden, no Tyrese Maxey. That could easily be the worst offense in the league, unless you are a big Tobias Harris fan, which Doc Rivers is a big Tobias Harris fan. So we'll see if he's able to get the best out of him for these couple of games here. But the thing I'm also worried about, all these Sixers injuries are feet injuries. Mm. Hard to be running and keeping your conditioning up when you have foot injuries. They also tend to recur a lot. We saw Embiid came into this season a little bit under-conditioned after plantar fasciitis uh, during the summer. No idea if these are related, but... He obviously wasn't able to be up to game shape when the season started. He probably won't be in game shape once he returns from this foot injury. So that will put the Sixers behind the eight ball a little bit more. It just feels like they keep running into obstacle and after obstacle after obstacle. Doc Rivers said they're going to be in survival mode here, and that's exactly what it's going to be. The defense should still be solid, but if Embiid misses anything more than two games, this could be really bad for Philadelphia's seeding going forward. Yeah, luckily after the Nets, which is their toughest game of the next few, they get the Hornets and then two Magics. So a couple uh, Magics. A couple Magics. So hopefully Tobias Harris will be back against the the old team and and balling against the the Magic. Remember when he was a member of the <laughs> Orlando Magic? That man has been traded several times. He doesn't have a foot injury. He's got a hip injury, but hopefully he'll be back. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the the big guys, their top three, are all out. And uh, it was interesting to hear Doc Rivers say, when I heard about the Joel Embiid uh, injury news, the first thing I thought about was knees. He always thinks about knees with big guys, and then he goes down uh, from there. So he thought, worst-case scenario, it's a knee injury. He's kind of happy that it's a midfoot sprain. But as you said he's got these clauses in his contract due to his injured past, and uh, they are ridiculously shorthanded as long as Embiid can can be out and come back. He does, yeah, picks up injuries here and there. So long-term, it shouldn't be a problem, but yeah, it takes a lot of juice out of the matchup tonight, which is uh, our next topic here in Is This News from NBC Sports. Ben Simmons says, I know what's coming in his first game back in Philadelphia. I just wanted to get this topic in, baby. <laughs> yeah, Trey, we got to. Is Ben being ready for the Philly fans' news? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, I feel like Ben Simmons' interviews have gotten a lot better. Better. Uh, mm. I feel like he took 500 days off and came back, maybe not with a jumper, but with some good zingers in an interview. He had this hilarious face and <laughs> a very sly look. Even he knows. He's like, of course they're not over it. I'm getting booed big time tonight, but this is really best case scenario for Ben Simmons. No Embiid, I think, helps. There's no real Sixers foils for him out there. It's like a lot of, you know, further down the rotation guys. And he's also coming off his best basketball in a couple of years. He had an 11-point game, followed by a 15-point game, followed by 22, 8, and 5 assists in his most uh, recent outing. 22 of 26 from the field in his last three. Ben Simmons has been ramping up specifically for this game <laughs> and the cards are falling the right way to where now you're thinking the Nets probably have an advantage out there tonight no Embiid as well so I don't know I feel like we could we'll probably be leading the show with this game regardless but I'm feeling confident for Ben Simmons right now I'm <laughs> feeling good about Ben Simmons it's a good point. mark it now because it could be a dumb one come tomorrow uh, <laughs> it's a good point about building up to this game because that's what was supposed to happen last year 
March 10th, it was on the calendar after he was traded. He hadn't played. There was the talk about the back the, uh, and, and the mental obstacles he was dealing with. He was supposed to come back for March 10th for that big game in Philadelphia. I, I remember we were supposed to send somebody here from the no-dunks desk to go cover that <laughs> yeah. game. And then it all fell apart because Ben Simmons didn't play. So you're totally right. He's been working up to this game. Couldn't be any better on the court. Even off the court, he's confident in those interviews. Yeah, he is feeling 100% great. It does suck. The other team doesn't have their top three. And to have a little revenge for that March 10th game, they had their top three in that game. Everybody was playing, and they got plowed by Durant and Kyrie. I think Kyrie was playing. I assume Kyrie was playing. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe yes, tell. maybe no. But they got destroyed on their home floor. They got run off the floor. They were booed that night uh, on March 10th. So... That just sucks. Uh, but, yeah, Ben is uh, happy. Uh, and we'll probably be leading the show. Yeah, I think I – Im- I just imagine we will because it is such a, you know – It's a marquee game. game. It's a marquee game. That's exactly yes. right. Yes. It, it's our pick and pay off a little bit later on, so stick around for that, the point spread picks. It's a big line because Philadelphia doesn't have any of their guys. Anyways, next topic here on Is This News. This is from the Detroit Free Press. Consider er, – Concerning their star, Pistons, Cade Cunningham is out indefinitely. He might need shin surgery. Trey, is this news? Yeah, I think this is definitely news because Cade is the most important player, at the very least, for the Detroit Pistons this season. It's probably a toss-up between him and Boyan Bogdanovich for who's actually been playing the best for them. Uh, But I just am hoping that Cade with whatever treatment he ends up going for here, I guess they've been trying to rest it and mm-hmm. hoping that managing the injury does enough to alleviate the pain that he doesn't actually need surgery. We'll see what ends up happening, but I hope this isn't the last we've seen of Cade Cunningham this season because he was starting to play a little bit better before the injury. He's definitely struggled with his jump shot, and I think he certainly needs some more reps of that. But I would hate to see him go out you know, in November and be out for the entire year. When we were coming into this season – At the very least, excited to be watching the Pistons. The good stuff is that this will be good for the development of Jaden Ivey. He'll have a lot more opportunity to be the number one ball handler um, for the Pistons. And I guess Killian Hayes has saved his job a little bit here uh, in Detroit. And he'll get a little bit more of a taste to see if he can stick around as kind of the third guy in their rotation. And then, you know, the Pistons, they only got three wins right now. So at the very least, this is good for their draft stock next year. Yeah, they're the worst team in the league right now at three and – 15, uh, they're uh, leading the way in, in the, in the uh, Wemby sweepstakes. Uh, <laughs> as you said, Killian Hayes has been playing better as the, the starting guard. He has been getting some reps there. But, um, yeah, the worrisome part is if it requires surgery. He's sort of, Kate is mulling all options here. He's missed five games, and it's likely that the, the hairline fracture is causing the soreness in his shin. So hopefully, hopefully it's just rest that gets him better. Um, but I guess it's not a, a terrible scenario where they he's he 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 could be back at any time, yeah. I suppose, uh, and be back to Kate. I guess uh, it doesn't seem like this is uh, any sort of debilitating injury that that's long term. I, I think they're just being safe here. Yeah, his long term health is certainly more important than having him back for the second half of his sophomore season, but. Uh, even if it's rest, even if it's surgery, who knows? Hopefully he's at least 
able to make it back at some point this season so he can get his legs under him and kind of get back in the rhythm of things. And you can work on building chemistry for next year when it's year three for Cade, year two for the couple of rookies they got, and maybe you're actually hoping to take that leap forward that some people are expecting this year. I do hope that Cade comes back just for the the viewing experience. I don't think there's one team really that I look at every time I – I flick on the games and say, oh, I don't want to watch this team. Oh, I don't think there's one quite yet. Even, Not yet. Even though, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's too early for that. That's going to happen at some point where one team is just like, okay, we're done. You, you still got all 30 in the rotation. I, I, Yeah, I'm totally comfortable watching a Magic game. Totally comfortable <laughs> watching a, a, a Hornet. The Hornets play hard. Hornets uh, and Spurs are toughest watches for me right now. Yeah, they're on the threshold. Yep. Those yep. are the good mentions. OKC has impressed. Rockets have impressed in a way. They're fun. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm worried that this Pistons team might go the way of the Spurs. Um, yeah. So, hopefully uh, hopefully he gets back because we need that. We need that. Yeah. I, I know long-term it's good for the Wemby sweepstakes, but if you're tuning into the Little Caesars Arena and it's killing Hayes, uh, you know, you know, you're losing, and uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's unlikely uh, they're gonna have a lot of fans out there. I just, it's too soon. Game, the sixty game mark, fine. Um, but it's, it, we're not even a quarter way into the season, so hopefully, yeah, they've had a five game losing streak, a three game losing streak, and a seven game losing streak. Jeez, tough stuff for Pistons. That's no yeah. win streaks yet. They I, were one to know though at the beginning of the year. <laughs> I didn't think that Good was times. mathematically possible. <laughs> that's uh, that's a lot of losing streaks. All right, uh, last is this news topic. This comes from NBA.com. Comes from the source. We got a couple players of the week, and oh, it's so fitting. The irony: two teams that made a big trade last year at the deadline have two players of the week. In week five of the NBA, in the Western Conference, De'Aaron Fox led his team to a 3-0 record. They're lighting the beam, 25, 8 assists, and 60% from the floor. And Tyrese Halliburton, who went from Sacramento to Indiana, also 3-0. As we said, a five-game win streak for the Pacers, 21 and 11 assists and four rebounds and a damn good shot selection for Tyrese Halliburton. So Trey, is this news? I guess it's news just because these are not big-name players, and it's also hilarious that they were teammates less than a year ago. Uh, But for all of the analyzing over the trade we did at the trade deadline last year, and everybody was talking about who won this trade, who won – it was at the Kings, it was at the Pacers. Both teams won the trade. Sometimes you'll get a win-win out there. The Kings are happy where they are. Uh, and I think their fit is just – it's just working out right now with De'Aaron Fox handling the ball as the main guy out on the perimeter. Sabonis putting some pressure on the ring, uh, putting some pressure on the rim and hitting the glass and taking a little bit of the playmaking responsibility off of De'Aaron Fox. And Tyrese Halliburton was obviously ready to have the ball a whole bunch more. And maybe him being away has encouraged Fox to know that this is his team and he is the absolute star guard. But the Pacers are certainly happy to have found already a building piece going forward. So, yeah. It's weird, though. The Pacers have been almost as good as the Kings. But the Kings have been so good that they're overshadowing a Pacers team who's won five straight games. Top ten in offense. They're just a little bit the junior Kings right now. So, you got to get in line. And we'll <laughs> see what happens tonight. If the Kings lose and the Pacers have the best winning streak in the league, maybe they'll be leading every single show. Who, who are the, the Kings suiting up against this this evening? Who we who we got? They got the Grizzlies. Grizz. Uh, so yeah. No Jaw. No Bane. Yeah, they, they got could. a chance. Yeah, and I just hope it stays hot for the Sacramento Kings because you look at the Western Conference standings, and it is 
dumb. Uh, that the the Los Angeles Lakers are in 14th in the Western Conference at five <laughs> and ten, but they're only five back of the one seeded Utah Jazz. Like, that's just a winning streak away. It's not simple that. streak away. Yeah, and the Sacramento Kings. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it that they're a losing streak away from being out of the play and, or just out of the whole thing. It, but uh, at nine and six, they sit in fifth. At the Indiana Pacers, at ten and six, they sit in fourth in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they they played it well. They got bad last year. They got Matherin out of the deal as their first round pick. And uh, as you said. I didn't believe it at first. I didn't. I didn't like it from the Kings side. But right now, yeah, they are laughing. They wanted to get better. They wanted to get become a playoff team with Sabonis leading the way. And maybe, maybe they could be lighting the beam in the postseason. Trey, oh, postseason beam. They got to upgrade the beam. I think. Oh. this is just a regular season beam. It has four beams into one postseason. What Sixteen is- beams into four. Sixteen wins. Yeah, gets you a championship. So do they uh, like take one down after every? Oh, win? how about that? Light one beam for every playoff win. Uh, It'll be faint at first, mm. but if you get out of the first round, you're back to standard beam. Unfortunately, <laughs> you're only be- oh, you're only your standard four beam. Ah, that's uh, something there. There's something there's there. Something there. Yeah. there is something there, and uh, there's something after the break as well. <laughs> <This guy. laughs> I'm just gonna try keep this trying. Guy is me. Mr. Segway. Um, yeah, loving it, loving it. Uh, we've got a tweet from the Chicago Bulls that you're not aware of, Trey. So uh, after the break, a tweet of the night you're gonna love. <laughs> we'll be right back. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We're back. Oh. <laughs> We're looking at a graphic of Trey Jordan and – oh, no, I'm sorry, Trey Pippen and Skeets Jordan as, as Trey carries him through the flu game. Who did that Photoshop? That's well done. Jerome, man, Jerome. how are you doing Photoshops when you're over yeah. there supposed to be pressing the buttons, dude? He does it all. You're going to get the big moment fella <laughs> for this show, I think, for doing all he can to make Damn. this show great. Damn. You're carrying it, Pippin. You're carrying it over there. Great stuff. Great stuff, Jerome. Uh, well done. Well done. All right, let's get to our pick em payoff of the night. Yesterday, the Milwaukee Bucks had an 8.5-point spread over the Portland Trailblazers. As you said, Giannis mad after Laddergate. Going to handle right. it, no problem. I thought they covered because he took care of business, but they just won by 8. 
Uh, so Trey sneaks by. You're only two games behind Skeets here as we uh, go through November. So these games matter. This game matters tonight. Unfortunately, you guys have the same team. Brooklyn going into Philly is a 7.5-point favorite. You guys think they're going to run the table with a very short-handed Philly squad to win by eight or more. I'm taking Philly just considering it's the home crowd, even though, as you said, this could be the ugliest offense in the league. Uh, a little concerned <laughs> with no Harden, no Embiid, no Maxi, and maybe no others like Korkmaz, Harris, who's their best player. Yeah, so why am I taking Philly? I don't know. Just the crowd. The crowd is going to will them crowd, yeah. to a seven-point loss, Trey. But you think they're just going to – Brooklyn's going to mop considering the guys they don't have? Exa- uh, yeah, I mean, Brooklyn is obviously – in, at an advantage right now because they have most of their players play. So certainly an advantage. <laughs> but I've heard on multiple broadcasts this year that the hardest game to win is when you look at the other team and they don't have their stars. It's a guys being dudes kind of win is what yeah. it would take uh, for the 76ers. We might be leading the show with Paul Reed tomorrow. Who knows? Mm, interesting. Um, but, yeah, I the Nets have been playing pretty well, uh, actually, ever since Jock Vaughn took over as the main guy. So we'll see if they're able to do it. Yeah, I think the what we could see is a version of the – what the Miami Heat did to the Wolves yesterday. They ran eight players exactly. out there, played harder. They lost, but it was a close game. Or we could see a New Orleans win by 45 points over a golden, short-handed Gold State team. So uh, DBD on that tonight. Uh, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. All right. Tweet of the Night comes from the Chicago Bulls. Put out a tweet. I'm sure they didn't intend it to be funny, but I thought it was funny. Uh, so uh, it's from it, – it's an, it's an image from behind Patrick Williams, who had a great game, 17-point game, where sort of – imagine you're sitting in the second row of the bleachers. You're sort of towards the corner. You're on the sideline. You're behind Patrick Williams shooting a three-point shot. Okay. Uh, the tweet says, Pat splashed this despite the creative defensive technique because also in the shot is Luke Cornett, who is sort of between Williams and Key, <laughs> and he is jumping straight up. It's intended. He's, he's guarding the rim Yeah, it, <laughs> from, from 20 feet up. I hate it. I hate this defensive technique. <laughs> he, calls it, he calls it the eclipse. There's an article by Jared Weiss on The Athletic about its effectiveness. Again, he's not, he's not in the player's face whatsoever, uh, but he thinks that he can block the view, like an eclipse, of the rim. <laughs> Patrick Williams splashed the crap out of that. And there are there's numbers. They 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 ran the numbers. Jared Weiss and Luke Cornett apparently does with the Celtics that it's effective when he jumps and you are sort of blinded by the rim. I don't buy that he that Patrick Williams is blinded by the rim whatsoever or blinded <laughs> by Cornett. He can see the rim. He's he's taller than the camera in that image. If we're gonna get technical about it, he's <laughs> he way taller high. than the camera. He's way higher. He's not even jumping, but he still can see the rim. I don't buy this. Eclipse defense. Lou Cornett's the only guy who does it in the league, I think. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. If it was very effective, probably one other person would give it a shot. Yeah. But seeing this picture makes me think it's more effective than I did before I saw this picture. <laughs> because it definitely looks like he's guarding the rim. It would throw you off at least a little bit the first time he did it. You're like, yeah. whoa, what's he doing jumping so far away? Yeah. And- but you're right. Patrick Williams is taller than the photographer. And by the time he actually gets to the top of his shot release... He's going to be seeing the rim. That being said, I think there's something to it. 
there, there's yeah. gotta be <laughs> there's gotta be why else would you do that <laughs> yeah you get weirded out i get you're totally right about that part like yeah. the first thing is whoa this is weird and in the article actually the celtics it's not just luke cornett but the celtics do it a little bit like jalen brown if you see if you watch some of the clips you'll be reminded that jalen brown used to do it in the bubble even like okay. going back he, it's more like a jump out at a guy and yeah try and Try and block the rim for just a second. I get it's like I'm just not buying it. Like you, we we've heard like the Shane Battier hand in the face thing. Like not even trying to block the ball. You know he did yeah. did it to Kobe. Try and just block the vision. I'm buying that more. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Hand in front of the eye is definitely more effective than hand twenty five feet away in front of the rim for a split second. But that first time, like, oh, he really did it. <laughs> yeah you miss your shot yeah if you, if you get weird yeah. listen i i like to go back to the thing about a, a guy being too open because he just thinks about it for half a second more and you get out of your you know your routine your your regular motion but this luke cornet thing not buying it because he takes himself out of position too to grab a board and that's what you're out there for luke but uh i guess he also factors in like oh no one else is around to grab the offensive rebound this is the only thing i can do like he's he factors everything <laughs> in he's just it's just so smart anyway uh, we'll be back He's tomorrow. So smart. He's so smart. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully, Skeets will be back with us. If uh, you need something in the meantime to listen to, is this good? Is out? Make sure you uh, go check that on its own feed. It's got its own YouTube channel as well. JD is making shorts oh, for yeah. that oh, as yeah. well. Some good conversations there. Uh, so hopefully, uh, again, we'll be back tomorrow talking Ben Simmons, etc., with uh, Skeets here at the desk but in the meantime clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember it's time to hand out the starters championship belt for the champion of this episode it's gonna be a tough call on one hand he stepped in for skeets last minute to host this show ran it incredibly well to lights out segues when we were going to break that was huge surprised me with the tweet also great but i think we got to give it to jerome jc over here manning the controls for the first time stepping from the background to the foreground people are saying what's that random arm in the background yeah that's jd he's just keeping watch Mm. he ain't pressing the buttons he's sliding the belt he's adjusting the cameras so today's starters championship belt for the guy who committed the most to the No Dunks podcast. <laughs> Goes to Jerome, what a hand! You're the fella, you're the big fella, you're the big fella, yeah, hold that thing. Get, yeah, get that out camera, yeah. There we go, there we go, this is big. Classic, yeah, it's good to have the belt going again. <laughs> Jerome, any words? No, sorry, man, I for, didn't see your mic. Any w- mic. Um, you know, you, you play WWF No Mercy on Nintendo 64 so many years just to get to a moment like this. Yep. Uh, you plan out your career, you fight through every table, ladder, and chair match, uh, uh-huh. you Photoshop everything. <laughs> Woo! Look at that! I, how, um, do we have all this under warranty, this uh, equipment here, <laughs> so I can, like, pop this out? Um, no, thank you guys so much. <laughs> careful, careful. This Sorry, we got equipment. We, we got, it, we, we got equipment. I, yeah, I, I can't move around because otherwise I'm going to be slipping on the floor like a post game. Yeah, yeah, JD is uh, pretend dumping water on, on <laughs> Jerome. Thank you so much, everybody. Congrats to Jerome. Congrats to everybody out there for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.
Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.